see everybody this morning. Let's open with a word of prayer and then we're going to have our welcoming time today. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity of God to be here, uh, to fellowship, to worship you, uh, Lord, and my brothers and sisters this morning, God, and, and we're going to lift our voices in song. We're going to give to you, God, and we're going to preach your word this morning, and we love you, Lord, and we thank you for many blessings you've given us. Lord, just be with us today, and we love you, and we honor you. In your name I pray, amen. Take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
All right, guys, let's make our way back to our seats. If you wouldn't mind. Or you can just keep talking. I don't care. I'll just praise you. So I'm going to need a little bit of crowd participation. So uh, I'm going to have someone start clapping for this next song. There you go. Everywhere I go on this road, high and low, where I go, I go with you. There's a city that calls me by name. There's a city that calls me by name. Yes, as I run this race, I am cheered by the saints. There's a city that calls me by name. There's a future that runs through my veins. There's a future that runs through my veins. Yes, there's nothing on earth going to stand in the way. There's a future that runs through my veins. seated. I want to start with a discipleship certificate this morning. So, uh, Alan Greenfield, would you come on up here? We have a discipleship certificate to present today. We have a whole bunch we're going to be presenting next week also. So, I know several guys are going to be waiting on those, but we're going to get this one started this morning. Discipleship's a huge thing here. Thank you, buddy. All righty. Nick, come on up. All righty. Nick has uh, been my latest guy that I've got the privilege of uh, setting in and uh, 
being discipled along with him. Every time we do it, we get discipled. It's amazing. And Nick has been uh, just incredible. I, I've seen the characteristics in him right off the start that uh, I really liked. And uh, I'm really proud of him. He, he has done well. And in fact, he is a house leader today. So he's doing a good job. And, uh, anyway, uh, he's just my friend and brother, and uh, we've had a real good time, haven't we? Absolutely. In the, I even played him a song for our last uh, last. Uh, Sounds like Alan's joining the worship team. <laughs> well, I, I played it on my phone. Oh. <laughs> But anyway, it was pretty. It was pretty neat. I thought, uh, you know, the uh, man. I've been up all night. I'm tired. So, but anyway, I uh, played uh, about the judgment seat of Christ when, when we all get the privilege of any crown we might get to give it back to the Lord. But there's a song. A holy God and a pile of crowns, and I played that for Nick, and it was good. But right. made us cry. Yeah. All right, you want to say anything? I just want to thank this whole church, honestly, for everybody that pours into me. Alan, I want to thank you. I am honored that I got to be discipled by you, and I mean, we laughed and we cried together, and. Um, I, I strongly encourage anybody that hasn't been through discipleship to get involved in it, to do it, because it's something that will change your whole aspect on the way you look at life, and it'll bring you closer to God. And I, I thank this man so much. He's a dear friend of mine. He's a brother in Christ. And um, Dave, he's, he's going to be your discipler, so my advice to you is just to take everything out of it that you can and apply yourself and... It's going to be a good time, I promise. Thank you, guys. Congratulations. Yep. They've got them ready, so we have several more to, to pass out. Uh, these guys did a, a group. You go ahead. Uh, they did a group discipleship on Sunday afternoons, and we had a bunch of guys graduate that. Yeah, I don't have a lot of stories to tell like Alan, but uh, anyway... Alan, it was his suggestion, and, and we just did a group discipleship. We started in February, and uh, we just ended in July and, and had a group of men, just a small group, come in before our men's Bible study. And uh, some of the, the certificates we're going to give today are men that Joel Jones and Alan Donaldson have been through this, but we have failed to get their discipleship to them, although there was a lesson or two that they had skipped and they came in and, and, and uh, were, were with us. We are going to start this again in January. Uh, it's an opportunity in the wintertime. We have some downtime, so uh, I, I just might encourage any man that, that wants to be in a small group it's not a one-on-one -on -one setting, but uh, uh, in, in a way, I, I like it because I get to hear Alan's input. I get to hear two or three other men's input on the scripture. So uh, 
you, you get to fill in in a lot of places. You don't get the one-on-one, -on -one, though, but uh, we've really enjoyed it. Okay, Joel Jones, Alan Donaldson, uh, Tony, Tony Wendell, or uh, Tony Howell, and he was, oh, Tracy, where's Tracy? Tracy, we forgot, we didn't get yours ready, we thought you were going to be gone today, okay? Come on up here, but uh, anyway, he, we don't have, pardon? Okay, but uh, we've got So you'll be up here there. next Who week. Who was the other one? Oh, Phil, Phil Inglesby. I don't know if Phil's here today. No, Phil's not here today, so we'll okay. get there next week. But anyway, Joel? Did you want to say anything? I will say it's a time of discipleship to learn more about these guys, learn more about God, and you learn more from Genesis to Revelations. And we need that in our life, you know, from the start to the end. Uh, I just wanted to take this a minute and thank everyone in this church uh, for the prayers and for the thoughts on my behalf and my surgery. Uh, everything's fine, and uh, I uh, get to get into a discipleship class. It'll bless you, and it blesses the discipler. So I'd say get, in, get into a class whenever you can. You stole my speech. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that... Uh, not only, you know, from the, the man that is coming to be discipled, but it, this, this time with when we got to do it jointly together, and actually Max, he helped us. He would be there. He might be studying for his lesson, but he had input, and it gave us the privilege as being elders of this church to work together, you know, and... Uh, I really enjoyed it. Perfect. Give them a hand. Thank you, guys. Perfect, perfect. Okay, a couple other. And, and here's the thing on discipleship, as they mentioned. It's not just for if you're going through the freeway program. It's for anybody. So our little saying we have here is, who is your Paul and who's your Timothy? So who is teaching you things like Paul did Timothy? And who are you teaching things to? So that's what discipleship is, and it's a very, very important thing. So we have a busy day today. So after the morning service, we're going down to the river for baptism. It's at Greer Creek, so it's really easy to find. Just take W Highway about six miles out of town, turn left on Greer Creek, follow it down to the river. Uh, we have some baptisms to do then. And then after that, we're going to be having a church picnic at Stephen and Dana Rehnquist's house. So if you guys want to raise your hands, they have a whole bunch of food that they're going to have ready right after baptism. The address, it's going to be time of fellowship. The address is 2401 Turnbow Road. So write that down, 2401 Turnbow Road. Everyone come. Everybody's invited. Come and eat uh, after baptism. And then from 3 to 6 at our house, the ladies are having a swimming party. So ladies, at our house from 3 to 6, address is 2124 Greer Creek Road. So where we baptize at, if you stay on that same road, follow it to the end. Our house is the last house on the right. So uh, Selene is hosting that. And then the young adult, a couple other things we got going on uh, next Sunday 
From 4 to 7 p.m., the young adult college class is having a swim party at Mitch and Mandy's house. Uh, where's Mitch and Mandy at? There they are, right there. That's at their house next Sunday afternoon, college uh, class, adult class, at Mitch and Mandy's from 4 to 7. Crossbridge is having a whole church pool party. We rented out the Marshfield pool. Um, and so the, uh, the church swim party is Sunday, August 28th from 6.30 to 8.30. That's a Sunday evening. Everybody's welcome. So uh, just come that night. We order pizza and everybody gets a swim uh, and it's a really good time. Men's Bible study is tonight here at the church at 6 o'clock. Men's Bible study. And then if you're visiting with us this morning, we have Wednesday night services every week. Uh, Wednesday night we have dinner at 6 o'clock with one another uh, and then we have classes at 645 so we have children's classes youth classes and adult classes and a women's Bible study uh, so that's all on Wednesday night and then the ladies this week what day is that women's coffee is it Monday so tomorrow ladies you're meeting at uh, prickly cactus for coffee at 830 a.m. so Monday at 830 a.m. any other announcements Okay, here's my last one. Go vote Tuesday. We live in a country that is, we have freedom to exercise. Be informed about voting. Go be informed and vote Tuesday. Okay, it's important. It's an important thing. Anything else? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's have our time of worship. We're going to start that with uh, the morning offering. So let's pray for that. And then we'll have our worship time. So, so go with me in prayer again. Lord Jesus, I thank you again just for the opportunity to be here today, Lord. And as we enter our time of worship, God, we lift our voices in song to you. And part of that is giving, Lord. Everything. We talked about this Wednesday night that everything is yours. Everything that we have is yours anyway, Lord. So we'll give back to you. Uh, Lord, take it and, and bless it. Use it to further your kingdom for our missionaries and the functions of the local church, God. And in all things, Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the
You may be seated this morning. Uh, second grade and below, if you'd like to, you can go down to Children's Church this morning. Hey, media team, can you put up the chorus for Amazing Grace? This is Amazing Grace. Can you put up the main chorus there? If you have it, click back to it, maybe. I want, so when we're singing, it's important that we pay attention to what we're singing. Because I'm telling you right now, this will preach a sermon right here. 
This will preach a sermon. I mean, I'm not even preaching on this today, but I want to go through it real quick. It is absolutely amazing grace, an unfailing love, that Jesus would take our place on the cross. That is when you realize that, when you realize that you should go to the cross for your sins and that he did that for you, it, you get emotional and you get to thinking about how much he did for you on the cross. That he would lay down his life so that we can have freedom from sin and death. That's amazing. That is the gospel. That's the gospel right there in what we're singing. That is the gospel. And the second song, uh, also our closing song uh, today, it's the gospel. And so, listen, we should sing and love Jesus with all of our hearts because of what he did for us. Not to try to be made right in his eyes, but because of what he did for us. That's the gospel. That's the gospel, guys. Okay, I want to start this morning by saying this. The last couple weeks, has, uh, we, we try to take a, a trip or a vacation or just get some time of rest uh, for my family and we do it usually in July and I want to thank you guys for allowing us uh, time to just be away to kind of recharge and refocus uh, and rest and, and I, I appreciate that you guys allow us to do that uh, and, and as, as I was gone I was thinking about how, just how important it is that we do that that we take some time and that you all will take some time and I got to thinking about as a society how we just absolutely go and go and go and go all the time. And, and I got to thinking about my own schedule and our own family, like the baseball games and football and basketball and maybe your kids singing choir or track or band. Working 70 hours a week, maybe you work a whole bunch and, and, the, and you're trying to make ends meet with the way the economy is and everything's so more expensive, right? And then you, on top of that, we're plugging into our local church and we're serving the Lord in our local church and maybe volunteer work. Uh, and, and, and it seems like overnight, and this happened with me and my family, overnight our kids go from being little babies that I love holding the little babies to graduating college. And our lives just go by so, so quick. And it got me thinking, I was thinking about... You know, the sermon this morning, I get up early and I'm thinking about sermon. And I remember the song. I, I, I like country music. And I, I remember my favorite group probably is Alabama. And they sing a song called, I'm in a hurry. And, and it starts off with saying, I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. And I, life's rushing, rushing. And what, how does it go? We're the first part. I'm in a hurry and I don't know why. Uh, and, and yeah, all I got to do is live and die, and you're just, yeah, there you go. I got some more country music fans. All right, thank you. You saved me there. But it's basically life goes by, you're in such a hurry, and you just rush through things. And, and then I got to thinking, you know, I've never actually preached on what God has to say about rest. And we as Americans, we're busy, we work, uh, and, and I, is this something I should have talked about? So I'm not going to be in 1 John today. I want to go back, and I, and I want to talk about how God made rest a priority from the very beginning of creation. And we see it all throughout scripture. So let's jump into this. Turn to Genesis chapter 2 this morning. We're going to be talking about rest. We're going to talk about rest. Genesis chapter 2 verses 2 and 3. Genesis 2 verses 2 and 3. It says this, And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, 
Because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning for the opportunity to be here, Lord. I thank you for the time away that we got to have the last couple of weeks just to rest and, and recharge and regenerate ourselves. And Lord, I, I, I think this is something we're missing out on as a, a congregation, as a, as a community, and as a world that we get so busy we forget to take time that you commanded from the beginning to set aside to rest and to worship and Lord, so today I, I pray that maybe we be encouraged uh, and convicted and whatever you want to do in our hearts, I, I pray your Holy Spirit does that with each individual one here. Uh, and Lord, you be glorified and honored in everything. It's in your name I pray. Amen. So we see in the first chapter of Genesis that God was busy creating everything. He took six days and he does all the creation and he created everything. And then he sets this standard. And that's the first point is that God set the standard from the beginning. He set the standard. And he set the standard was for us to take a day and not work, to set aside as holy and to rest. And so I want to talk about that today. What is rest defined as? Rest is defined as peace, ease, or refreshment. And this concept of rest and the Sabbath day and keeping it holy was one of the Ten Commandments. So I want to read that to you real quick. Flip over just a couple of books to Exodus chapter 20. This was a requirement of the law. Resting on the Sabbath was a requirement of the law. So it's Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. And I picked up on something here also uh, in reading this command. It says, verse 8, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The first word he uses is what? Remember. So this is something that God established from the very creation. He says, remember how I did creation. Remember. So this is something that God put in place. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your livestock, nor the short, short sojourner who is within your gates. So he, he, he institutes the Sabbath day to keep it holy. This is one of the Ten Commandments. And Sabbath means a day of religious observance or absence from work. So we're not supposed to work. We're supposed to worship and not work. And, and I love what he said there about remember. This wasn't something new, like I said. This is around since the beginning of creation. So all God's people were supposed to have one day in seven to rest. Now, this wasn't a command. I want to make sure I cover this also. This wasn't a command to be lazy. You had to work the six days in order to get to the Sabbath. So this wasn't taking off six days and working on one. God's people are commanded, and maybe our society doesn't like that today, but God's people are commanded to work hard. So work hard for six days. And then God says, okay, on the Sabbath, we're going to take time to set aside for rest. He also, something else on this, very interesting, he also said the land needed to rest. So all of creation needed to rest. So flip over uh, one chapter or one book back, or excuse me, one book over to Leviticus 25. Turn to Leviticus 25, 1 through 5. Verses 1 through 5. Leviticus chapter 25, 1 through 5. 
It says, The Lord spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land that I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years you shall sow your field, and for six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruits. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the land and a Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap what grows in, in uh, of itself in your harvest or gather the grapes of your undressed vine. It shall be your, a year of solemn rest for the land. So God even knew, look, don't overwork the land that we're supposed to be in charge of. So he says, even the land should rest. So this was a pretty serious thing to God. It's one of the Ten Commandments. It's probably the, the, the Ten Commandments that we, one of the Ten Commandments that we quote the least or we look at the least. But he took this serious. He commanded the people to rest and for the land to rest. So this was something that started all the way back in creation. So God set the standard here. God set the standard. Now here's the second thing, and I get this. This isn't natural for people, though. It's not natural for us to slow down as Americans, as just workers. It, it doesn't come natural. And here's the whole deal with resting. Trusting God isn't natural either. Resting isn't and trusting God isn't. Anybody here, here's my question of the day. Anyone here have a type of personality that you just can't set down? You always have to be doing something. Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. I appreciate that. Some of you are getting elbowed right now, maybe a little bit by your spouse, right? To really rest, though, and why do we do that? It comes down to the point of trusting God. To really rest, we have to trust that God is going to take care of it when we're keeping his commands and we're, we're, set, we're following his example. We have to let loose of what? The wheel a little bit. And we have to say, God, I trust you that we can figure it out. You can figure it out in six days. And I'm going to take time to rest. So what this whole concept really embodes here is a, it's a matter of trust. It's a matter of faith. That you put your faith and trust in God that he will take care of it. We have to trust that if we take a day off, the world is not going to stop. That if I take a Sunday off, the church isn't going to implode. That, oh, it's not all dependent upon myself. I can miss a Sunday school class and everything's going to be okay. I could miss a day of work and everything's going to be okay. That the world's not going to stop for me. Listen, God doesn't need us to take the wheel. God doesn't need us to run the church. He doesn't need me to be the pastor of the church. You know what he wants? Our obedience. He wants our obedience. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to put our faith and trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's a Bible drill verse, and it's one that we teach our kids at an early age to try to remember. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Anyone know who wrote the book of Proverbs? Solomon. Solomon. Solomon was who? We genuinely consider two things about Solomon. Other than the Lord Jesus, Solomon was the wisest man to ever live because he asked God for wisdom. So when you read the book of Proverbs, they're great. It's wisdom that comes from Solomon on how we should live our life and how we should do things. 
Second thing, he was the wealthiest person who ever lived. If you looked up Solomon's wealth today, it's like in the trillions of dollars what he would be worth. So he was wealthy and he was wise. And he says, look, don't trust in anything but the Lord. Put your whole faith in with everything you have. What does all your heart mean? It's not talking about the muscle. It's talking about the person that you are. Everything about you should not lean on our own understanding of how we get things done. We should simply acknowledge who God is and put our faith and trust in him. And then when we do that, what does he say happens? The path becomes straight. He sends us where exactly where we need to go. See, this is the key on this. This is the key about rest. Because sometimes we become so much, so busy, and here's what happens. I've seen it in ministry, and I've done it. We think that we have to have a part in everything. And so what happens is, what will happen is if you think you have to do a hundred different things, you're going to try to do a hundred different things at about 10%. Instead of trying to do 10 things at a hundred percent. Instead of trusting that I don't need to be at Freeway every Saturday night because we have a capable leader in Mike Simons that does a great job. So if you notice, I mean, I come, but I don't come that much because I know it's in good hands. That's his ministry. I don't need to have my hand in that. I'm just speaking of me in general terms, okay? Any part of this, we don't have to have our hands in everything. We need to trust God and the things that we do do, give 110% at, and then rest in the other stuff. Trust people, trust God. Doing that is not natural. It's just not. But this is the whole key. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 is the whole key. It's, not, it's, 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 not, it's about leaning, not leaning on our own understanding of things. It's about trusting God. About not trying to figure out, but trusting in Him. The book of Jeremiah has some amazing words about this. It's in Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. You can write it down or you can highlight it, but it's in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 through 8. This is what it says. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when the heat comes, for its leaves remain green, and it is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. That's amazing. Now, what's Jeremiah saying there? Is he talking about fruit trees? No. He's talking about us. He's talking about people, and he's saying when you plant yourself in trusting in God, when the droughts and storms of life come, you're not going to be bare. You're not going to be worried. You're not going to have a lack of need because what? You're still going to bear fruit because you're trusting in God. You know that he's got it taken care of. Listen, there, there are just going, anybody who would think that being a follower of Christ is easy or that it exempts you from going through droughts and storms in your life hasn't been a follower of Christ very long. Because absolutely it doesn't. Just because we have Christ as our Savior doesn't mean you're not going to have horrible things happen to you in your life. When that loved one gets sick or you lose a job, whatever it is, whatever it is, we have to keep trusting in God. And then when you're doing that, guess what happens? You stop being anxious. You stop worrying. You know that God has it figured out. You're trusting in him and that he's going to provide. Now that doesn't mean, once again, I want to clarify this for the society that we live in. Not my brothers and sisters. It doesn't mean you sell everything 
and you make bad financial decisions and then say, well, God's going to provide the way for me. No, no, he gave you a brain and wisdom to use it, okay? So that's not what I'm saying at all as far as, well, we're just going to trust in God for everything. He gave us the ability, right? So be smart. Make wise decisions according to Scripture. That's not what it's, ta- it's talking about. You're just trusting in God. You're gonna, you're, if something bad happens, you know that we see things, guys, from such a small little lens. And God has the big picture, that kind of thinking, though, is not natural. It's just not. Fellas in here, I'm going to pick on the guys a little bit because this happens. Guess what we try to do, fellas? Fix everything. How many are fixers in your house? I am. Is there a problem come up? I'm just going to get it fixed. Sometimes we don't need to fix everything. We just need to, we need to trust God with it. This kind of thinking isn't natural. We try to figure everything out, try to fix everything, come up with a game plan, work ourselves to death. When God just says, why don't you just trust me? Why don't you just trust me? Stay focused on him and his promises. The disobedience of trying to figure it out ourselves all started where? In creation, in the the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. They tried to figure it out. Obedience to God will bring the rest that God desires for our lives. There's two chapters that talk about this a whole bunch. It's Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. Obviously, I'm not going to read them for the sake of time, but look at them today if you have time. Hebrews 3 and 4. It talks about the rest from God. Listen, remember, here's the last thing on this point. Remember, one of the definitions of relax is to become less firm. You know what made me think of? The death grip that we keep on our lives. You ever, you ever drove, uh, well, last night. Last night we went and looked at Selena's brother, Jason. He, he has a farm over in Manus, Missouri. And he bought a, I don't even know what it's called. It's called a, a Can-Am. I don't even know what it is. But it's a four-seat UTV. And he's like, hey, this thing will really go really fast. And I'm like, well, let's go really fast, Jason. So... So we got me and Jason in this thing, and we took off across this probably 70-acre field, and I look over, and he's going 65 miles an hour across this field. That was not very smart. It wasn't very smart, right? But you know what? I had a death grip on the handles, right? That's what we do with our lives. Maybe that's a bad example. Kids, don't drive that fast. <laughs> bad example from the preacher today. I'm sorry. But that's what we do with our life. That's what we do. We put a death grip on it and we think, I will figure this out. I will do what I think I need to do. When God just says, why don't you just loosen your grip a little bit and trust in me. That's what relax is, to become less firm. We do that over our lives, over our careers, over our families, instead of just turning them over to God in faith. And then you know what happens? You start to relax a little bit. Because you know that, okay, this isn't about me. This is about, it's about God. And I'm just going to trust him. Now, here's the, here's the last point. Here's the last point. The ultimate rest that scripture talks about is only found in Christ. That's it. That's, that is the mic drop part of this. And Jesus says so. I love his words. Jesus says so in Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. He says this. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Rest for your souls. That's exactly, listen, we can have, we can get to a point in our physical life where we can become very restful, okay? You can just probably get to a point where you don't worry about anything, but there's only one way to have rest for your soul. Rest for all eternity, and that's through Jesus. It reminded me, I try to read this every single year. It was written in 1687 by a guy named John Bunyan. How many of you have ever read Pilgrim's Progress? It's a great piece of uh, literature, historical Christian literature, and it talks about a man named Christian. And Christian was, I don't remember the city that he was from. I read it every year, but I don't, anybody remember? No, it's okay. Read Pilgrim's Progress. He's from a city of despair, and he, I think it was despair, and he's weighted down by burden. And his burden that he wants to, it's, it's, in, a, it's in the form of like a sack on his back. And it's heavy, and it's weighing him down. And what Christian wants to do is get this burden off of me. And there's all sorts of people trying to give him advice on how to get the burden off of him. The burden, though, is the sin of his life that will make him sink. And he goes through all these trials. And finally, in one part of the book, it's towards probably the beginning third, he comes to Mount Calvary. And he looks upon the cross and he believes. And what happens? His weight is dropped off of him. The weight comes off. That is exactly what Jesus is saying. Listen, we can become so, and we are. Without Christ, our sin is a burden on us. It's the weight of being a sinner in need of a Savior. Without Jesus, we have that burden. These, these verses also echo what Jesus said at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Understanding the gravity of your sin, and that it weights it down. Listen, I, I, there are just so many people that never rest in Christ and the work that he did on the cross. They try and try and work and work and work to do things in order to be made right in God's eyes. They think, I have to do this. I have to, I have to read my Bible, and I have to pray this many times a day, or... I have to do this and I have to do that. And they think that maybe I can attend enough church services. Maybe I can take communion enough. Maybe say enough prayers, do enough good deeds. Then God, then God will accept me. Listen to me, that's a lie. That's a lie from Satan. God loves you right where we are. He loves you right where you are. His love through Jesus brothers and sisters, doesn't come and go based on our actions. So stop trying to weigh yourself down by winning his approval. What we're supposed to do is rest in Christ. What the song was about freedom. You have freedom. Rest, just rest in him. Rest in Christ. Listen, when you do that, when you just rest in Christ, you find the rest from our labors of self-effort. You find... Freedom from the lies that Satan puts in our head. One of those is there's no way that you could ever, that God would ever forgive you. 
That's a lie from Satan. There's no way, as bad as you've been in your life, that God would ever forgive you. There's nothing, there's no way that God would ever love you. I'm not, now listen, I'm not telling you this morning to stop serving him. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying our desire to serve him, we should have a desire to serve him with everything that we are. When we're resting in Christ, though, our service to him is done with joy, with excitement. If I stop being joyful in preaching the word, in sharing the gospel, of having the honor to be here, if I'm not joyful, then I need to get back to resting in Christ. i got to get back to that. Listen, you can find that rest. Maybe you're here and you've never believed on the Lord Jesus Christ today. You've never trusted in Him. I have good news. The good news is this. You don't have to labor or work for His acceptance. You just believe in Him. You believe in Him. And you believe what He did on the cross. Romans 5, 8 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It says, God shows His love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't say, okay, I'm going to die for you, but after you do all these things. He didn't say that. He said, Christ showed his love. He died while we were still sinners. That means if you're here and you've sinned, which I know you have because you've lied, you've stolen probably, you've broken God's law, you've done wrong, you're deserving of a punishment. You're deserving of that. Well, God loves you right now where you're at. Believe in him. Believe in him. He died for you right where you are. So I urge you today to believe in the Lord Jesus. Without Christ, there's no rest for your soul. There's no rest. The Bible says there is an expectation of judgments. Brothers and sisters, we have rest for our souls, so why not have some rest on this time on earth? Why not take the time to slow down, enjoy your family, enjoy your kids, enjoy your church family, enjoy the blessings that he's given you, be happy, be joyful. It's okay to be happy as a follower of the Lord Jesus. It's okay to have fun as a follower of the Lord Jesus. He created all those things, and it's okay to rest as a follower of the Lord Jesus. In fact, he set the standard. So don't. It's okay to say no. If I come to you and you're already doing 10 things in the church and I say, hey, could you help me? It's okay to say, no, I can't do that. I need to make sure I spend time to rest. It's okay to do that. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning as we have an invitation. I want to close with this. God set the standard for rest. He doesn't desire us to go through life trying to figure things out on our own. Trust in Him. Put it in His hands. And then be joyful. Be joyful in the rest that He gives us. There is a great joy, friends, in turning things over to Him. There's a great joy in that. In turning it over to Him and saying, you got control. I can't figure this out. You got control. If you're here this morning and your burden of sin is weighing you down, Jesus died on the cross to take that burden away. That's why he did it. Believe in him. Trust that he died for you and your sins. 
And then you know what you have? You have true rest. You have eternal rest. You know that no matter what, there's nothing in this world that could happen to you that could take that hope away. There's nothing. I want to t- say something real quick about John Bunyan before we, we pray and sing. You know where John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress from? Anybody know? Okay, that's good. I'm going to tell you. You know? Where? Huh? Jail. Yeah. You know why he was thrown in jail? Preaching the gospel. He was preaching the gospel and people didn't like it. So they threw him in jail. And they said, you can either stop preaching the gospel or we're going to keep you in jail. They kept him in jail for like 10 10 to 13 years. I I don't want to be, it's like 10 to 13 years. During the time he was in jail, he wrote Program's Progress. It's amazing. He, He just let God have control. And it's still something we're talking about 300 years later. That's amazing. That is having rest and knowing that no matter what happens to you on this earth, no one's going to take eternity from me. It don't matter how bad it gets. No one can take that. So I'm going to ask you today, if you need Christ, get down on your knees and confess your sin to Him and believe in Him. Brothers and sisters, we're a busy church. I know. A lot of you are serving all the time. Take a week off. Take a couple of weeks off and take a day off every single week to rest and enjoy. And don't let life, parents and grandparents, pass you by and you look back and go, what happened? How are my kids now grown and married and I don't went like that and I never enjoyed the things that God blessed me with? I'm asking you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can do that. If you want to join this church, you need to make that known. We have a new member class that will be starting in October. You can do that. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, for the opportunity to be back with my brothers and sisters, Lord. Thank you for the time we got away. And I'm excited to be back. I love preaching your word. I love this church. And so, Lord, uh, if there's people here today that don't know you, I pray your Holy Spirit burdens them right now. They have a great need in their life, and it's for you. I pray, Lord, that my brothers and sisters, Lord, take time to rest in you to take time from this busy world that wants to get us busy. Busyness is from Satan, I believe. Lord, let us take time to not not be so busy, to take time to enjoy you, to rest in you, to be grateful for what you provided for us and rest in that, and ultimately, God, to rest in you for the forgiveness of our sins. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
Amen. Thank you guys this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Tony and Stephanie, you want to come up here for me, please? They, uh, this is Tony and Stephanie Cross. A lot of you already know them, but they have come uh, wanting to join this local body of believers. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. Um, do you guys have anything you want to say? Okay, all right. That's okay. Uh, what I want you to do is come by and congratulate them. We have a new member class going to be starting in October. So if you have questions about what does it mean to be a, a member at Crossbridge, and um, we, we go through that in October. I also meet with you. I met with them uh, last week, so uh, let me know. Baptism, right after the morning service, we'll probably leave about 10 minutes uh, after service is done to go out there. And then after that, remember, barbecue, barbecue day. Even if you didn't RSVP, you're welcome, right? You're invited. So address 2140, no, 2401. Did I have that wrong earlier? No, I said it right earlier. 2401 Turnbow Road, okay? 2401 Turnbow. Baptisms at Greer Creek. So let's close with a word of prayer, uh, and then I want you to come through and congratulate them. I'm not going to be shaking hands out front today because i got to go get ready for baptism. So Ace, would you close us in prayer? Yeah. Okay. So I just want to do that now. Okay. Yeah, I've done it like privately, but if you would walk me through that and then. Uh, well, we'll have a meeting on it. Yeah, we're, we need to. We need to. We need to sit down and visit. All right, so I jump the gun. All right. You, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. It's good. You guys know that he wants to profess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So yeah, yeah, that's fine. Absolutely, I'll meet with you. I'll get with you. Perfect. Ace, close us in prayer. Thank you. Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord. I thank you for your love, Father. I thank you for grace, Lord. I. Uh, Lord knows I need it. Father, I just ask that you would be with this congregation, be with the uh, baptism today, and uh, let them acknowledge that uh, that's not what gets them to heaven, Lord. That's just showing the world that they're going to follow you. Lord, I just uh, ask that you would be with our travels, safe travels home. Lord, I pray for that one that's still sitting in this audience today that's in this body that's just white-knuckling it. That's, uh, they don't know where to go, Lord. They're struggling like I was and like I do. Lord, I ask that you soften their heart and that you have them run down the altar and give their life to you. And they'll find true freedom. Lord, I thank you in all things that I do. In your name I pray. Amen.